Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Amy, and I'm joined by Bonnie and Leah, talking about our one cool librarian, Bonnie already talked about Mariah Mitchell, but before we dive back in, Leah's going to tell us what's on the Gals Guide calendar this week. I will. So, week two of March, uh, fabulous job, by the way, Amy, good job, uh, for the week of March 13th through the 19th, on Wednesday, uh, March 15th, is the Writer's Galaxy. We'll meet at the Gals Guide Library online as well at 4.30 p.m. Then on Thursday, March 16th, Film Club is going to be talking about the Library of Alexandria. That's right. We're still not over it. <laughs> The movie we're going to be talking about is Agora, starring Rachel Weisz and Oscar Isaacs. It's a deliciously beautiful movie. Your mouth is a gate, Bonnie, yes? Well, because she's also... um, She plays a lot of... She's that other lady. She plays a lot of historical figures. That was at the... That was at the Library Library of Alexander. Yeah. The math lady. Yeah, Pattaya. Yes, that's who she plays. Yes. Yeah, that's who she's playing in it. It's It's a deliciously piss you off in the right way kind of movie. So we'll have a lot to talk about. It's going to be really great. Agora is the movie that we're going to talk about. Uh, Robust conversation, either online or in person at 5.30. Uh, Saturday, Tara Circle continues with our book, Study of Wisdom Rising by Lama Sotramalioni. If you're interested in Buddhism or a seasoned practitioner, we have room for you in our circle. And for these and all of our amazing events, don't forget to check out galsguide.org because it is Women's History Month and you never know why it just might poop up. (laughs) I know it's pop-up, but I like to say poop-up. <laughs> yes, but I, you might have a rando question for us, Amy. <laughs> yes, I do, actually. And this is something that comes up. I see it online all the time, and I have a very strong opinion So about a, about a very unimportant thing, as usual. I like it. But how do we feel about... Cutting up old books or using them for crafts. Oh, Bonnie's looking yeah. right. Or, or <laughs> using old books for their color as decor oh. or just mm-hmm. what do we do with old books? Is, is yeah, yeah. every book precious or is it a commodity? Ah. All right. So <laughs> as I feel Bonnie's look. <laughs> I make uh, a good number of um, arty stuff out of books. And at first it was books that were falling apart. I mean, they were like, you know, the pages were coming out and I was just like, oh man, I could make something neat out of this. Um, The first one that I did was actually my mother-in-law's copy of Little Women. And it was this gorgeous, like, you know, illustrated version that had these, I mean, I can tell it went through probably a hurricane, some fires and some cigarette smoke. Like it went through a lot of things. And so it was very aged and I wanted to make something out of it. And I didn't feel bad because it was falling apart. But that started me down the slippery slope of books that I didn't care about. Books that I felt were racist, sexist, or just horrible or outdated. Mm-hmm. Math equations from 1942. I mean, like we've improved math since then. Um, or, you know, demographic, you know, it's like, you know what? I think we're good. I don't think anybody's going to miss these. Yeah. And I've seen so many 
Goodwill, Salvation Army, Junk Sales, Thrift Shop, where these books aren't going anywhere. No. And so to give them a new life, to give them an artful purpose, um, I'm all about it. So um, I think it's the intention that you're going with picking what book you're going to do and what are projects you're going to make. I love taking something that is horrible, problematic, and making it beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, that's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> um, books is art on your shelf, decorating them by color. And like flipping them around so you don't see the spine so they all match drives me nuts, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see books as decoration. Unless you're making it an art. But that's just me. So I'm like on both sides of it. <laughs> Bonnie. It's kind of a Great Gatsby thing of mm -hmm. like they all had the libraries, but only he was the one that was like actually read on the books in his right. library. Right. Mm -hmm. And who really wrote Great Gatsby? Probably Zelda. Mm -hmm. Probably Zelda. He stole from her diary <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> but whatever. Douche canoe. <laughs> douche canoe. That's right. Canoe. We call F. Scott Fitzgerald a douche canoe. There you go. <laughs> like 40 times. Because <laughs> it made Bonnie laugh, so I kept doing it. So good. <laughs> He was driving me nuts. <laughs> no, I think it's fine. Um, you probably want to do a quick Google search, uh, yeah. Google search to make sure it's not like some rare book. Oh yeah, right. Like if someone did that to that little book that we have that oh. I think Katie still has. Yes. Like I don't know how many were printed. A hundred. It says it yeah. in the front. So we have yeah. this beautiful book that was for a funeral of a mother that passed away, and it says a hundred printing. Um, and it was the daughter and the husband had her picture etched in the beginning oh, of yeah, it and yeah. it was her life story mm -hmm. and it was to i mean that's just edition. precious mm -hmm. yeah but if it's another copy of the da vinci code yeah that's what like, there's enough of those in the world there's plenty of <laughs> copies of the little women things like that yeah um and then we're getting to digitizing so much yes. stuff now mm-hmm yeah, but do look at it. I mean, we had an old copy of uh, Old Man in the Sea that's apparently a first edition and worth 200 bucks. And I was like, oh! Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have very strong opinions about this, Amy. Very strong opinions. Lay it I out. truly, <laughs> to my core, yes. feel that modern printing is a commodity. Gotcha, yeah. Throw it out. <laughs> It's not, not every book is a precious, wonderful right. thing. It's, yeah. it's okay. Throw it in the trash. Mm -hmm. And even if it's a good book, I mean, yeah, yeah. everyone loves Da Vinci Code. I'm sorry. Sure. Yeah. I didn't think it was the greatest book ever, but I read every word. See, I mean, there you go. And I read it in like an hour and a half. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't put it down. <laughs> Right. But throwing out a copy or making it into art or yeah. recycling or it fell apart or the library has too many. Yeah. And right. nobody's using them. Mm -hmm. And they can't find a home. <laughs> yes. And nobody wants it because everyone already has a copy or right. whatever. Or if it's James Patterson's millionth book. Or yes. There's just a lot of things out there that if you throw away the book, mm -hmm. you aren't throwing away the content. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that content exists. Digital form or there's a million other copies. I just mm -hmm. really feel like modern publishing, especially the way books are made now. Yeah. Print books are made so cheaply the paper 
The yeah. paper is literally eating itself. Right. <laughs> if you leave a book on a shelf, the acid in the paper will disintegrate it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just, you can't save it. Yeah. And it's trying to go back to tree form. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like if you have a cassette tape mm-hmm. and it doesn't play anymore and it just sounds like Right. Or you can't find a player to play it in. Yes. If you get rid of that. <laughs> yep. If if you have an old Beatles cassette, you aren't throwing out the music. You aren't saying yeah. this isn't this doesn't have value right. as a work. You're saying this copy is trash. Right. I got it on C D and now I'm gonna get it on iTunes. Yeah, and now and I'm gonna like, get it. It yeah. exists. Somewhere in a vault there are the master yeah. tapes. You're we're good. Yeah. And I think people people who will throw out anything else mm-hmm. will die on the hill of you can't put a book in the trash. <laughs> no, 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 you can. It's you o- can. It's okay. It's not, nothing's going to happen. The one thing that I will do, because I will come to that point, especially if somebody donates books that smell terrible. Yes. yes. Smell terrible. Mm. Are molded. Years. Yeah. Like are gross. Like nobody wants yeah. to touch Here's it. Here's my textbooks from when I was in college <laughs> right. in the 70s. Right. Exactly. I will say Thank you. Like, talk to the books and be like, thank you for your time. You have obviously been appreciated. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can retire now. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> and it's just that served its recycle. purpose, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is if you feel bad throwing away a book. Just just talk to it. It, it, it's, it doesn't listen, but, you know, no, it's fine. And it, <laughs> it's, and it's, it's okay. Um, as a librarian, you get a lot of pushback if you're weeding your collection. Mm-hmm. Right. Where did all the books go? And it's mm-hmm. like, nobody used this. You didn't check them for out. For 17 <laughs> years, not one person looked at this book. Right. And it's like, let me make the space for something that's good. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and relevant. Yeah. It's kind of like, we tried. Yeah. We got these. Mm-hmm. No one interested. Let's try something else. Yeah, or they or they went out a whole lot. I yeah, mean, right. You know, you'll get twenty copies of the newest bestseller, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they'll and, get loved and abused. And they yeah, will, and they will go out. You know, fifty times. Yeah, I think that's a good return on investment. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah, but oh my gosh, if someone sees that in the trash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or this if you, or if you have a program like we're making Christmas tree books or whatever. Yes. <laughs> what we're cutting up. A... It's okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I made. Uh, I had a program and we made book cakes. Mm-hmm. And so, and I I'm love like, those. By the way, they're so fun. Oh. And so I'm like, oh. don't worry, no one's missing these books we're using. Yes. <laughs> yes. And if you if you really want to read it, mm-hmm. sure. Here, here's another stack of them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I've got more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I just really, especially, like, I'm really talking about modern publishing. Yes, I'm exactly, not, yes. If you have a beautiful leather-bound volume right. on vellum, it's, that's not. Yeah, or even, a first edition from yeah, the Waybacks or yeah, an out-of-print. Yeah. just a book that you love and have loved to death. Yeah. That's different. Odds are, if it's in mass market paperback form, you good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's documented it's, somewhere. And it's eating itself on your shelf. <laughs> <laughs> it is rotting itself to death. This is true. Well, who do you have for us, darling? Well, because um, we were talking a little bit about censorship. Yes. Um, I am going to talk about a librarian named Ann Carol Moore. Sweet. She 
has definitely multi facets. She did a whole lot of good and she did a whole lot of crazy and we're just going to talk about it. <laughs> Sweet. I like it. <laughs> Nobody has to be all of one thing. It's all good. <laughs> no. And I think a lot of people, when they have their personal memory of the library, they always think of the children's department. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because we all grew up with a children's department. We we all had summer reading. Yep. We were reading books to get our personal pan pizza. Yes. We were- <laughs> that needs book to it. come. I, I, technically, book it is still ex- mm-hmm. in existence. We yes. just don't use it as much. But yes. Okay. And <laughs> meme going around of some of y'all. <laughs> some of y'all didn't get a free pizza didn't. and it shows. Yes. <laughs> yes. And. <laughs> and we all remember, like, there were puppets, and mm-hmm. they told stories, and you could, like, even now, you know, you go to the library, and the animal person comes, and you get, yes. to, you get to hold the big snake or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that is just a core. It yeah. is a core of every library. Well, it's shocking, but that is very recent. Oh. Yes. Um, it wasn't really until... The end of the 1800s, early 1900s, Mm -hmm. that um, boys, not girls, Uh um, (laughs) under the age of 14 were even allowed into a a public library. Really? Yes. Um, Kids were considered a distraction and loud. And honestly, they weren't. Okay. Reading I was wasn't. Say that. Okay. Yeah, reading wasn't a priority. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, they didn't need to. It was for the sophisticated adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And but in 1894, um, at an, a library convention, a woman named Ludi Stearns she presented a paper and it was advocating for children's services, uh-huh. and that really kind of lit a fire under a lot of librarians um, mm-hmm. in the public. Anne Carol Moore, she was born in 1871 in Maine. And she really wanted to become a lawyer. Her father was a lawyer, and she really wanted to follow in his footsteps. But uh, during a flu epidemic, her parents and her sister-in-law died of flu. Oh, wow. She ended up moving in with her brother to raise her nieces and nephews. Oh. So she kind of, she never got that opportunity to really study. Yeah. And when her nieces and nephews started to grow up and she wasn't as needed, her brother suggested, well, why don't you try library science? It was a brand new field at the time and mm-hmm. you could get your degree fairly quickly. You still can if you go full time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> full time is different for, yeah, exactly. That'd be lovely. <laughs> we didn't have lives and rent and, and yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she went, she earned her uh, one year degree in 1896. So, oh, wow. yeah. So she was 25. She was kind of older to be a college student at, mm-hmm. at any time. Um, and she was hired right away uh, to actually form a children's room at the Pratt Institute in Brooklyn, New York. Ah. And she took that very seriously. She did a lot of research. She visited schools, mm-hmm. um, especially kindergartens, which were mm-hmm. brand new at the time. Right. Um, yeah. It was a new field. And she was passionate about visiting all the different neighborhoods in Brooklyn, all yeah. of the ethnic areas, all the immigrant mm-hmm. areas. She would just talk to kids in the street, playing nice. in the street to find out what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And what would she, it take to get you out of the street? <laughs> well, or just like, like <laughs> if there was like, a space, yeah. What, come to the library. What would you want to do at the library? Right. You know, what do you want to do? Yeah. She was the first to actually put children's 
scaled down furniture oh, in a children's apartment. Cute. Yes, they didn't, so they wouldn't have to sit up at a table and yeah, and it was on their level. She put pillows on the floor so they could read and curl up. Mm-hmm. She started story times that was unheard of in libraries, uh-huh. and we're talking. 1900. I mean, right. this is recent. Yeah. <laughs> she, mm-hmm. Story times. She started summer reading programs. Oh, sweet. Yeah, be, to Because the kids that she talked to said that they mm-hmm. wanted something to do in the summer. Um, and she had books for all different reading levels. Sweet. Which also wasn't a thing. I mean, it was, it was like a yeah. children's book. Yeah. Yes. It, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't just here's a big book of fairy tales or whatever. Mm-hmm. She had picture books. She had different levels. Nice. All these things are such standards now. It just yeah. seems un- it, it seems unreal that you know a New York City library in 1900 didn't have a children's section. Right. In 1906, the New York Public Library uh, hired her to head their children's services. Uh-huh. When, yes. So that. So she's at the big library now. Yes, in mm. public libraries, that's it. That's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're number one if you're the New York Public Library. Uh, not even a library the department of head. Well, because that's not really a public. That's library. what I thought. Yeah, yeah the Library of um, Congress, and it's a whole different system that no one understands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's still the same thing. I, this is another thing I'm passionate about: the Dewey Decimal System, Library mm-hmm. Congress headings, anything. It's yeah. just so that we can find have it. a specific spot for a specific mm-hmm. thing yes exactly. it's just for us to find it yeah it's still sh- it's just like barnes and noble i know all it's the still cookbooks are together i promise yeah exactly <laughs> i know right it just has a little number yeah we, we just the numbers are for us you don't have to know them. i don't know them i don't even i Look honestly i don't yeah. know my decades i can do my hundreds but i don't know my decades <laughs> at all um not at all so she um, started a training program just for children's librarians because although oh. they did have library school, they didn't have anything for children's. So mm-hmm. she, they could come to her and do this like six month boot camp and come out with oh. children's programming skills, um, storytelling. None of that was taught. And that, even if you aren't going to be a children's librarian, you're mm-hmm. still required to take a children's class. Yeah. Like, you still have to stand up and tell your story and learn about children's services. Nice. Um. She also created a core title list, which is really helpful, especially mm-hmm. to libraries just starting children's oh. collections. It had um, 2,500 children's books on it. Gotcha. And she w- really, really included a lot of diverse and international books. Um, a quote from her, she believed that her job was to provide to the children of foreign parentage a feeling of pride in the beautiful things of the country their parents have left. Oh, I know. Isn't that just lovely? That's sweet. She also developed a set of standards that she called the four respects. Mm-hmm. Uh, respect for children. Re- treat, treat them as individuals. Take them seriously. Um, you know, you can still have fun with them, but take the request seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, respect for their children's books. Um, she advocated for well-written, factually accurate uh, children's titles uh-huh. and she did not want children's titles to mix fact and fantasy together oh mm-hmm. this will be problematic <laughs> oh oh it, it gets there <laughs> i'm seeing where she's already stepping well and <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. she's not even consistent with it but it's fine Sweet. that makes um, sense that yes. checks yes <laughs> Um, the, the third respect is respect for your fellow workers. Ah. Um, she wanted the children's librarians to be viewed as just as important 
as all the other positions in the library. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the children's department, it's, you aren't second class. You're, the, you're as important as cataloging. You're as important as acquisitions, important as reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're helping these kids the same way that you're helping the adults. Love it. And also respect for the professional standing of children's librarians. Oh, yes. Uh, she felt the that professional librarian... standing, y'all. <laughs> yeah, because she felt that like the librarian profession as yeah. a whole needs, including academic, museums, everything, yeah. needed to recognize children's librarianship as a actual specialty. Absolutely. And to actually start teaching classes and to, to train people who are interested in working with kids to mm-hmm. be able to work with kids. Yeah, because they're unicorns, too. Yes. <laughs> They're the, they're the unicorniest. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I will say with personal experience that these four respects, it's still a fight in 2023. Is it really? Yeah. Yes. And Aww. I've never even officially been a children's librarian. I've gotcha. worked in teen services, which, whew. And, <laughs> Thank um, you for your service. <laughs> yes. And I've also, I mean, I've, I've done programming for children as mm-hmm. part of STEM programming, but uh, it. The children's and adult departments in every public library I've ever worked, they've been very separated still. And it's still, there is a respect level, but there's definitely still almost a competitive weirdness um, between Hmm. the children's services and adult services um, for you know, their stats, the money, the this, the that, uh, like, right. like, my stats are this, why aren't I getting more money? Um, why are the, you know, and on the adult side, it's, um, why are the children's more important? You know, we're teaching people on the right. children's side. It's like, we need more money because we do more programming. We do, yeah. you know, we're doing a million story times. We need more staff. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's endless. Gotcha. And even the respect for children. I mean, if, yeah. if kids are on the adult side, Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the librarians are still like, oh, you know, get these kids out of here. Or, oh, yeah. I mean, right. it's, it's just, it's still today. Gotcha. <laughs> like, are they reading? Are they interested in reading? Yeah. Or, I mean, I'm <laughs> still reading. Yeah. Sometimes you want to look at books and your kid mm-hmm. can't be by himself on the yeah. other side of the building. Oh, yeah. So absolutely. Sorry, they're over here. Mm-hmm. Another thing that she advocated for was that kids aren't quiet. Yeah. So, oh, I love that. Good. Yeah. So sorry. Mm-hmm. The library is going to be noisy. Yeah. It's going to mm-hmm. be active and fun and interesting. That's what kids do. Yeah. And and it doesn't have to be the entire library. There can be study areas. There mm-hmm. can be things. But we're here for everyone, no matter their yeah. age. So mm-hmm. deal with it. <laughs> Barb will always, uh, Barb is our outreach director, and mm-hmm. she will talk about how we are one of the loudest libraries. Mm-hmm. People come in here and they're whispering. I'm like, you don't have to whisper in here. No. <laughs> this is not that kind of library. We loud in here. <laughs> no, yeah. What did that guy uh, write on our check at the bar once? Oh, the, the laughing ladies. Yeah, the laughing ladies, oh, I think, yeah. is what we were. <laughs> we used to always go to this bar, Barley Island, and uh, there was a whole bunch of us, and instead of, you know, who the, the table is, uh, the table number, it was the laughing ladies. Oh, that's so <laughs> nice. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I've definitely been shushed by other people. Gotcha. Like, just talking with someone or helping them. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you're there not to do a library stuff. I mean, yeah. people come in just to talk. I mean, yeah. you're, you're there for a lot of reasons. Yes, absolutely. Library desk, so. Yep. Yes. Children's sections should be loud. Children should be loud. <laughs> There's loud areas everywhere. Um, so, yeah. 
I will say, Are you say getting though, to her weirdness? I feel yes. that sigh, like, <laughs> crap. And then it gets weird. Well, and then it gets weird. Um, what, what happened, because the field was so new, and she was definitely mm-hmm. at the top of it. Yeah. Um, she got a lot of power with children's publishing. Uh. This was also a new era at the time of people actually submitting books, them printing and marketing. And Strictly for children. For children. Yeah. And they were selling because yeah. they were marketing to these new libraries. Mm-hmm. I mean, she would gotcha. say, you know, ter- she would say, oh, you know, she'd read a book and be like, oh, I love this. I'll, I'll make a big order. Got it. So publishers yeah. really courted her with mm. their things. I mean, she has the New York Public Library. Yes. I see it. Yes. Mm-hmm. She reviewed children's books for numerous publications. Um, she was one of the founders of Hornbook, which oh, is yeah. a children's review journal that's mm-hmm. still around today. And yeah. we still use it when we're <laughs> looking, looking for, for what, what we're going to yeah. buy for the library. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She toured internationally, giving talks about children's literature to uh, in other countries so that they would also start to develop children's services. Gotcha. And she really felt that her opinion on a book was the expert mm-hmm. opinion. Mm, there's the rub. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and she, all be all. Yes. Uh, she had a stamp. You know, librarians, Ooh. we still love our stamps. Yeah. We're still, we're still manually stamping things, discards yes. and with dates. Um, <laughs> she would stamp review copies not recommended for purchase by an expert. What? The expert mm. being Her. Anne Carol Moore. Uh, mm. Yes. Right. And those titles would not be purchased by New York Public Library, which means many other libraries wouldn't publish them. She basically right. could kill a book oh, mm-hmm. man. Um, if she didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, books, you know, at the time and publishing still today, they're all, everybody's working on weird marketing hooks, pop yeah. up books, mm-hmm. um, you know, textured, Pat the Bunny, mm-hmm. uh, those kind yep. of things. Uh, she famously called those truck because oh. it's a toy. That's mm. not a book. Oh, that it's is a, a toy. It's, it's a, a truck. Toy. Yes. Mm. And I mean, you did not want your book to be called a truck. Wow. Um, Literally, printings would be canceled because she didn't like the review copy. Oh, my goodness. Um, or she could kill a book after it was published, and it just wouldn't have any sales. Right. So her, it, she carried a lot of weight, and I think a lot of that not not just went to her head. I don't want to... I don't want to make light of that, but I think she Mm -hmm. really felt strongly in her professional opinion and all these years of working with children that she did know what was best. Right. But she might've got a little narrow minded about it. Yes. And and she would not uh, explore other avenues, especially Mm -hmm. as trends in writing and publishing and education Mm -hmm. changed. Yeah. Uh, Most famously, the two books that she def that she banned and was actually like famous for, mm-hmm. um, one was Goodnight Moon. Oh my god! Oh yeah, um, yes. <laughs> uh huh. I yes. still don't know why this book is banned. At the well, it's 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 there's a lot of issues. Yeah. Um, one Margaret Wise Brown, the author. Yeah. Uh, she actually worked for a, a kids textbook company that was developing. A very different style of children's literature. Okay, gotcha. Um, they did a lot of things that were very um, reality based, but would also appeal to kids. Gotcha. Um, Anne Carol Moore, uh, she she didn't have a problem with factual books, but if it's mm-hmm. factual, she didn't want it told as a story. Gotcha. 
um, like if it's a factual book, it's, it's a biography. It's a mm-hmm. book about nature. It's not a child walking through nature and you're learning in this fictional right. tale. That separation of church and state. <laughs> yeah. And, yes. And she also felt that children had trouble separating fantasy from reality. Uh, so if it's a fantastical story, like a fairy tale, yeah, that's okay. Right. But if it's if if it's if supposed it blends, to be teaching you something, yeah. then mm. you know, a talking cat should not be the person teaching that to you. Or whatever <laughs> it's gonna be. Yeah, yeah. Um she also thought that Goodnight Moon was just too simple and sentimental. Oh. Even for a picture book, she just didn't oh. like it. Also the artwork in Goodnight Moon at the time was gotcha. I mean, very modern looking. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't she just didn't she didn't like it. She didn't think it was adding value to a child. It uh-huh. was just a little, like a little illustrated goodnight poem. And it wasn't, right. it wasn't necessary. It was and almost it, border lighting on truck. <laughs> it, it was almost truck and it was just too sentimental and just, she just didn't like it. But oh. she also did not like the author. Okay. Um, so she made it personal. <laughs> it might have, well, it, theoretical well, also, but that. Margaret Wise Brown was very modern. Yeah. Um, not only did she work for this textbook company, she was bisexual. She ah. was part of, you know, kind of New York society. Um, mm-hmm. And it just went against the ideas of what a children's author should be. Also. Right. Yes. There um, you if go. you do want more information, there is a the Johnson County Public Library podcast backstories. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an Sweet. episode that covers um, Margaret Weiss Brown and also E.B. White. And oh. it, it touches mm-hmm. a little bit on this. We'll put it in the thing show notes. Yeah. Moore. Yes. Oh, nice. Um, Yay. Because the other book that she very famously banned was Stuart Little. Oh. Mm. If you don't remember Stuart, Stuart Little, yeah, it was about, one. it's the little mouse. Yeah. Yes. That, that wears uh, clothes. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he was in the, in the first edition of the book, he was born into the family. Oh. The baby, the baby arrived and was born and it looked like a mouse. Oh. Um, and yeah. that he actually used the, the term born, although later editions, it just says arrived. Arrived. Yes. Yeah. Like that's, they found him on the street. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's changed. Um, Interesting. There's no biological mouse babies, but, <laughs> but there is a mouse baby. So, um, but then there is a mouse baby. Yes, yes. exactly. Got it. Yes. That we're yes. supposed. <laughs> and E.B. White at the time was pretty famous for being a journalist and an adult author, adult humorist. Gotcha. Um, he also is the white in Elements of Style, Strunk and White. Which I never put together I until you told me before no the show. And I was like, wait a minute, yeah. that's the white in Strunk and White? Yes. He was. And, oh. and when when it first got out that he might be working on a children's book, he actually had a dream about a little mouse that he named Stuart. Oh. Um, and he couldn't shake it, so he started writing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Carol Moore was so, like, this was one of the, the like, literati of her time. Mm. And she was all about it. She was on him. And she had a lot of pull even with adult authors. I mean, mm. she could get really famous authors to come to the library. And uh. she was a part of sort of that New York literature circle. Mm-hmm. And for someone from there to write a children's book she was hot for that right she pestered him wrote him letters she bothered him so much that um eb white's wife told her to stop it <laughs> like just no That's you aren't pestering. helping you aren't helping the process nothing no just leave him alone <laughs> oh. um, so Stuart little finally comes out and whoo because she did not know she, she didn't know the topic of the book right and the fantasy elephant element of a mouse 
just living a normal life with pants on and, <laughs> you know, being the baby and just being the brother yeah. and part of the family. Right. Oh, no. That that just pushed all her buttons. That's the line. <laughs> yes. And she wrote, oh. allegedly, yeah. legendarily, she wrote a 14-page letter to E.B. White oh. um, denouncing this book <laughs> where she even said that it would take a sick mind to come up with Stuart Little. Now, oh. this has been pieced back by her notes because E.B. White just threw that letter in there. Oh, yeah, right? Be like, yeah. all no, right, bitch be crazy. Letter, no, it doesn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't exist. Um, he just, yeah, in the trash. It was mm-hmm. out. But, I mean, after years of begging him to them hate it, I mean, it's just... Wow. It was just... It was a lot. And was that, it good enough for you? Yes. And the fact that, that at that time, he was such a famous author yeah i mean that really started to kill her career oh like that, that was gave it the backlash yes, of maybe you have yes, too much power yeah hun. or or <laughs> you know what um this isn't the person you should you know margaret wise brown she's like a textbook editor it's okay we can like ditch her good night moon right but you know when when somebody this important comes out with a children's book you know right. we should do it and of course ebi went on to write other just classics. Oh, yeah. Web, mm-hmm. Trumpet of the Swans. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So she, thank goodness she didn't destroy his career. No, no, she <laughs> but couldn't. But she he tried. Was, yeah, no, he was above her. She couldn't do that. And that, that started. Um, I I will say, though, that the Goodnight Moon, um, out of respect for her, the New York Public Library did not carry it until 1972. Really? Yeah, it was out of the library for 30 years. Yeah. Oh my goodness yes. gracious. Um she also had a quirk of carrying around a little wooden doll. Gotcha. Named Nicholas Knickerbocker. <laughs> um All right. And she would use him with kids. You know, it, he was always in her purse, so she'd pull him out and right. she'd talk to the kids through Nicholas. But she would also uh talk to adults, including her staff. Um, Nicholas, you know, if Nicholas was disappointed in you, uh, yeah. Oh, yes. And, wow. uh, Nicholas would come out, um, at board meetings. Oh my God. Yeah. Nicholas. Yeah, He's you, a passive you, aggressive you, you, tool. You had to talk to Nicholas. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, she ended up leaving him on a taxi one time and, and oh, there was much rejoicing. Oh, like, oh he's gone forever. No one find him. Yeah. <laughs> um, she did write children's books also oh, in her own style, but right? one of them was about Nicholas being lost in New York oh. at Christmas, which I feel is blending a fantasy and reality. Yeah. But Isn't it though? It's fine. <laughs> it was nominated for a Newbery, which of course huh. is um, awarded by the American Library Association. So take that Sympathy. as you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's at, almost like a, what is it? Nepotism rules. But it's, well, yeah, it was, no, it's, I think it was a lot. Yeah. It's fear. It's like, Oh, oh yeah. You yeah. can't diss her book. She's, like right she has too much power over us i mean really (laughs) and for good reason she did so much good it's just yes she got really caught up in this reviewing and the and and her idea of children's literature right and it really just stuck in the 60s you know 50s and 60s as she was retiring it just Mm -hmm. it just you know got worse and worse she was so set in her ways right um at the age of 71, they actually forced her to retire. Oh, gotcha. Yes. They're I mean, like, they, so they, you're done. Yes. They, they literally <laughs> pushed her out. Oh, wow. But she would not acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. She continued to show up for staff meetings and board oh. meetings. Oh, 
She just was there. Awkward. She wouldn't recognize the new um, head of children's services. Uh-huh. And yes, so that went on. But she she did end up teaching and lecturing um, gotcha. up, up through her death. But but yes, she would still show up at board meetings. Weird. <laughs> 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 yes. But anyway, um, I read a really nice article about her that was written um, for another library's blog mm-hmm. where... They really felt that some of this was a story about not only censorship, but how futile it is. Oh, yeah. It's like, yes, you can try and keep Goodnight Moon out of the library, but you're not gonna. Right. You know, you can you can mm-hmm. hate Stuart Little all you want. It's still gonna but exist. It, yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. still gonna exist. And some people are still gonna love it. Yeah, like absolutely. You, like, so people who are trying to ban a book now like mm-hmm. you can't have books about trans kids in the library or whatever right. it's gonna be those kids are still gonna read it mm-hmm. exactly and there's so many outlets for them to find it yes whether it is your public library or not yes yeah. and you know if it's not in your school library mm-hmm. maybe that's maybe that's what happens mm-hmm. that's what your board decides but right. if if a kid needs it, or if you feel your kid needs it, you yeah. can still get it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, or you know, if you personally don't want to read a book, that is perfectly fine. Right. There's plenty There's of so books many, I'm not yeah, going to read. So many books in the world, you yes. don't have time to read all of them anyway, even yes. if you tried. <laughs> and and the thought that people have currently that they're going to save their they're going to save the population from this horrible literature or whatever. Right. Um, I think if you just look back through history, it never works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so you know, fi- we need to find a new way to work this out. Right. And it's yes. okay to not have everything in your collection. You don't have room for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's okay. If you have, if, if you try something and it, it doesn't ever check out. Yeah. You know, at least you, at least you offered it. Right. You know, especially if you feel mm-hmm. it's something important. But just people who are trying to, you know, take a book out of a collection or whatever, just mm-hmm. just know that it was put there for a reason. Right. Librarians really, even if they're a little crazy, I mean. We're all a little crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> they're, they're, we're really trying to have books that people want. Yeah. Books that people can use. That books are that people good ask quality. for. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we even, we're. We're trying to do the best we can and cover as much as we can with the money we have. And Mm -hmm. if if you personally don't like it, you know, before you go off on a rant and say ban it, talk to the library. Yeah. We'll tell you why we bought it. We'll show you Mm -hmm. the reviews. We'll we'll Mm -hmm. tell you how many times it went out. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not going to change your mind. You're not going to love the book, but at least maybe you'll get an idea of that why it's there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But maybe and it's it, not for you. It's for others. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> hey, we'll take this off the shelf, but guess what? We have it in ebook. Right, exactly. <laughs> and we don't control that collection because <laughs> some, the next some of those, generation will yeah, bring some, it back some anyway. Some of those companies <laughs> just, you get you get it mm-hmm. you get their collection so right but anyway that's yeah. kind of that's kind of why i wanted to cover her yeah um, not only because i think she's interesting and quirky and yeah but and, it's topical yeah and right? she did a whole lot for children yeah. she really did but oh that's fascinating <laughs> look at that well do you want to close us up darling dun, dun, dun. it's that glorious last page on our little scripty script script <laughs> 
Well, that wraps it up for this week. (laughs) Join us next week for another cool woman of history. And this time it's library history as Gals Guide podcast continues. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>